Aren't you glad Jesus came for you? Good morning, online campus. We're so glad you're able to join us, all of you who are listening via online. And for those of you who are on campus, grateful you're here. Uh, glad that you're a part of, of what's going on through Advent. And today we're going to be focusing on peace. Uh, and we talked about hope this past week. If you have your Bibles with you, Micah chapter 5, uh, verses 4 and 5. We'll, I'll give you a moment to find that because you may have to look in the front to find where Micah is. It's not a big book. It's a book in the Old Testament. Uh, if you have a Bible like mine, it's on page 787. Does that help you at all or no? Okay. Micah chapter 5. We'll look in just a moment. I do want to say that uh, tomorrow night, guys, uh, the chili cook-off, if you don't want to enter the competition, that's fine. Just come hungry, and you can try some of the chili that's, that's going to be there. We're not expecting every guy to bring a, a pot of chili, okay? Just bring an appetite. Uh, and uh, as far as the teaching, Lawrence is bringing that. I'm excited. We're going to be uh, focusing for, uh, the, over the next few months on some apologetics and, and uh, answering some questions that uh, many of us have had as we course through the scriptures and walk through our faith and get challenged by people that are around us. And uh, it'll, be, it'll be really a great time. So we'll be eating chili and being learning about Jesus and our faith and being strengthened in that. It'll be a great, great time. So come and join us. Invite some other guys to come and hang out. Uh, the more, the merrier. You're all welcome. I'm planning to bring enough chili, so we'll, we'll have plenty, okay? But if you want to enter, bring it, and we'll judge it, and all of us will make a decision, okay? All right, let's stand for the reading of God's Word. Micah chapter 5. Beginning at verse 4. And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall dwell secure. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be their peace. Amen. Heavenly Father, as we are coming to you today, I am also recognizing, Lord, there are people that have gathered here on campus. There are people who are listening to us online who are struggling with peace right now. There is something that has shaken the foundations of their life. Whether it is financial, it is relational, it is physical in their body. They have been shaken in a way uh, that has called them uh, to question the peace that they had had in the past. Maybe it's just circumstances of life and the busyness of life and people are putting in extra work and extra hours. There's anxiety and pressure and deadlines. And it has removed peace in this moment. And so, God, we ask you to speak to us through this passage today, through this moment of Advent, about what peace is and how we may obtain a peace that lasts even in storms and difficulties and challenges. And we'll be careful to give you the praise and the glory for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And God bless you as you're seated. Read in uh, Micah, the passage that we're, is our anchor passage for today, and it's in the 8th century B.C. as Israel faced oppression, humiliation, and really apparent abandonment by God. And the prophet Micah foretold 
in the midst of all of this, the coming of one who would bring victory, who would bring security, and who would bring them peace. And it must have sounded amazing to them in that moment. So in one respect, as we look at this passage, this is a snapshot in history. An, an, an oppressive, humbling, lonely moment of time where, uh, among God's people where God speaks to his people through the prophet Micah and to those people who are gathered to listen uh, and, and God speaks to them and it, it was no accident that they were gathered in that time and in that moment and that Micah came and spoke to them and, and lifted their spirits with encouraging words that there's one coming that is going to bring victory and security and peace. So in one respect, it's a snapshot of that moment, but we all know that it, and, and we're thankful to God that the word of God is not just for one people one time, but the prophet Micah was proclaiming the word of God for people of all time, and he's foretelling of the coming of Jesus, who is our security, who is our peace. Whatever you're facing as you are embarking on this Christmas season, whatever is going on in you and around you, these words are always welcome news for us. And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord. Now this is good news for even me as an under-shepherd, uh, as an under-shepherd pastor of this church. I look to the great shepherd for strength, for hope, for peace, for joy, and for love, just as you do. And I am always uh, reminded of the humility of the position in which I stand. And D.T. Niles, uh, years ago, a, a theologian expressed it this way, uh, talking about preachers. He said, preaching is simply one beggar telling another where to find bread. <laughs> it is a great... Uh, humbling illustration of where we stand as, as pastors and leaders. But as under-shepherds, we look to the great shepherd to lead us just as you do. And together, we, we would uh, do well, I think, to begin by acknowledging that we are all here together, not by chance, but that God has brought us together, not, not just only on this planet and not in this decade together, but also in this very room and in this very moment and on campus and online, as some of you are listening today. It is not an accident, but that God has gathered us for this moment and has something to say to us through His Word. In this passage we read a moment ago, He said, He shall stand and shepherd His flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord God. Wondering if you've ever experienced something like this. I have um, many times over, and maybe you have your own stories along this line. But someone may ask you, do you really believe the Bible? Do, do you really believe in God and, and, and the God of the Bible? And do you trust the Bible is truth? And you might have answered, yes. Yes, I do. They follow up by saying something like, you honestly believe those fairy tales in that book and, and, and that, you know, that, that uh, you, you, you're really putting your trust in something, such an ancient book? Can you honestly believe that? And then in just moments later in your conversation with someone like that, they, they might say something along this line, almost without a pause. They'll say, you know, I've been reading a really good book and it's really, man, it's impacted me. Uh, and, well, tell me about it. What, what have you been reading? 
He says, well, I've been reading a great book called The Elves of Lily Hill Farm. And, and well, what's it about? Well, well, the author, Penny Kelly, describes her enduring relationship and regular conversations with a small clan of elves led by Alvy, a 22-inch tall spirit in baggy pants and a feathered hat. And you say, uh, excuse me? <laughs> you want me to throw out the Bible because I suggest the gospel is, is verifiable and historically reliable? And you want me instead to listen to the stories of a 22-inch elf that wears a hat with a feather and baggy pants? Well, yes, I do. <laughs> or maybe you've had the experience perhaps uh, more recently here in America. You've, you've heard of perhaps say an author by the name of Neil Donald Walsh. And uh, he authored a book called Conversations with God. And he's done a number of lectures. I had a chance to, to watch him and see what he had to say. And, you know, when they tell you, hey, I've been reading after this author and he's having conversations with God and it really blow you away. And so your temptation would be, hey, I also have conversations with God, right? But everyone knows that you don't hear from God. Only Neil Donald Walsh hears from God. He's the only one that can have conversations and gather audiences to tell them what God is saying. And Neil Donald Walsh uh, told of a story or an encounter that he had uh, with a woman who came to him uh, one time in his lectures. And uh, it, it describes for him, he says, this is a defining moment for him in, as, as an author, as a writer, and in what he was uh, set out, setting out to do. And uh, so she comes to him and she says, thank you for introducing me to a God I can fall in love with. Now, if you have read or listened to the retelling of Conversations with God, you know that the God that he is describing is pictured in Scripture, but it's not God, it's rather a deceiver. The Bible warns about this in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. For time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers, shepherds, suit their own passions. Thank you for introducing me to a God I could fall in love with. One who agrees with the way I think life should go. The gospel, often the two-edged sword of the gospel, cuts before it heals in each one of us. It is something that we don't want to hear, that we have to abandon being God of our own lives, surrender our lives to Him. But you have probably had situations like this, where people that you love or trust or, or co-workers uh, people that are around you that, who, who will not believe this book, but will believe almost any fairy tale or fantasy or something that pops up in popular culture and will gravitate to us. And, and I want to say to you, don't be ashamed that you believe in the Word of God. Right. Don't be ashamed to stand up and say, this is the truth and I'm walking in it. Neil, uh, his logic... Uh, you know, he, he, uh, he had a, a, a particular 
uh, lecture that I was watching, and, and I was kind of amazed by what he was saying, but he, he basically was saying that we shouldn't judge people. Uh, you know, he says, you see a, a homeless guy, and he's, he's wanting money for beer or liquor, just give it to him. You know, who knows? He might need, you know, a, another beer, and that might just make his day, you know, and help him. And I, I don't, when I, when I heard that, I thought, you know, Neil Donald Walsh has never been to an AA meeting. <laughs> I certainly have. And let me explain the context. <laughs> I've been there as a guest speaker. I've escorted a number of addicts to several AA meetings. And in all those meetings, I have never heard anyone say something like, I want to thank God for the person who gave me more money to buy liquor it changed my life to have one more drink that day. But I have heard people say something like, I want to thank God for sending a person to tell me about Jesus. I want to thank God for sending someone to give me food, to share a coat, to bring a blanket during a season that was cold. And that turned my world around and got me to thinking, there's hope, there's an opportunity. The world is looking for a shepherd to lead them, but the shepherds that they choose are often wolves. They're not shepherds at all. They're after their money. They're after uh, their influence, their applause. Whatever it might be, that's what the world is seeking. Don't ever be ashamed to stand up for the Word of God and worship Him and praise Him in public as well as in private. We are not left to the wolves of this world uh, as the sheep of God's pasture. We have a great shepherd who leads us in wisdom, in strength, in safety, and in the majesty of the name of the Lord our God. And he shall dwell secure, this passage says, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. And they shall dwell secure, for now... He shall be great to the ends of the earth. The one who is the victor is also humble.
it's peace. I'm here. Because when I leave, <laughs> trouble's coming. <laughs> peace should not abide, you know, uh, just for a momentary time or, or a little while, but peace should always abide in our lives and help us ride through storms and difficulties. You can have peace when you have lost loved ones that you're grieving over and you're at the funeral home and you're making decisions and, and then the service and rememories and the pictures and you should have peace in the middle of all of that as well as have peace at, at the highest moments of your life when your children are graduating from high school or college or you're celebrating as a family uh, a, a reunion or a gathering of some kind. Peace should always be present no matter what your circumstances. Yeah. The Bible says, and he shall be their peace. Yeah. It's a different kind of peace than the world tries to pass off to us. Let's get a treaty. Let's just agree that, you know, if Satan is pushing us around, we'll just, you know, we'll have some kind of an agreement where he just lays off of us for a little while. Maybe we won't go to church as often. Maybe we won't get as involved in things as we, as, as we were before. And, and that'll bring a little peace. You know, my husband really doesn't like it when I go to church and always brings about a fight. My wife really doesn't like it when I, when I bring the, myself and my kids to the church. She's embarrassed and, and she thinks that, that you know, it shows bad on her. And so maybe you know, if I don't do those things, then peace will fall on my household. Are you hearing me? Peace is a proximity issue. How close are you to peace? Is he your anchor? Is he your source? Is he your strength? It's easy for us to get focused on the storm and to drift away, inviting our worship team to come this morning. Just drift slowly away from a sense of peace. And we find ourselves just overwhelmed with concern and a sense that everything that's urgent is just calling out to us and pulling us away and we are like Martha instead of Mary you know we're being we're setting out the plates on the table and we're mad at everybody who's not helping us and and we're trying to get this thing we're trying to fix the world and fix the family and and fix the Christmas and fix everything that's going on and and uh, there's Mary just sitting at the feet of Jesus and Jesus saying she's done what's needful so in the midst of, of all your turmoil and storm, sometimes what's needful is just to sit in the presence of peace. Jesus said, I, uh, there's a peace that I give you that the world can't take away. You have me in your life. You can walk through every difficulty and every challenge. It's okay that everybody doesn't have, you know, their silverware and everybody doesn't have a cup next to their, you know, plate and that that this one has a stain on it and that one doesn't or whatever, it's okay. We'll fix that stuff in time, but let's do what's needful. Let's sit at the feet of Jesus. When we have adjusted our proximity and we've invited God, you know, we come to real true worship and we've invited him to be our peace and that is on a daily basis. I know that some of you are listening online and some of you that are present here today are, you know, having challenges in your life on a, on a weekly basis, monthly basis, maybe daily basis. Might be something at work, 
There are storms that come into our life, into Michelle and I's life. We welcomed one recently, a big storm that, you know, is very challenging for us. And uh, the anchor for us, though, is Jesus. He's never failed us. He's always been good. He's always come through. And we have no reason ever to doubt him. No matter what goes on, no matter what the circumstances are, we have always trusted him. And nothing is going to change that going forward. No report, nothing anyone can say will change that. He is our peace. And what we love to do when difficulty and challenges come is to press in closer to him. Just as close as we can, because he brings that peace, that calm, that stillness. In the midst of that storm, we can hear his voice saying, I'm leading you each day, step by step and moment by moment. If you're here this morning and you need that kind of peace that we're talking about in your life or you're online and you need that kind of peace we want to pray over you as always i want to pray over those that are online first and then i want to come down here and michelle and i will stand and pray with you but take a moment and say where am i like in the anxiety levels in my life Am I really letting Jesus be my peace? I want to move in and press into him. And I, I, Pastor, I'd love for you to pray with me about that. Those of you that are online, if you have others in the room, gather together, join hands, and we want to pray the peace of God over you. Father, I thank you for our online community. I pray that you would just fill the room where they are right now with the peace of God. Peace is a proximity issue. If we have drifted, we are sorry, Lord. We are coming home to stand in your presence, to be anchored in you. There is no other source that will bring peace for us. We are not going to have any contractual agreements that are going to bring about peace. There is really only peace in you because you are peace. And we anchor ourselves in you in the midst of this storm, and we invite you to come and to do the work that only you can do, Lord Jesus. Bring peace to every heart and every life. We're going to give you the glory and the praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen.